Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Houses. Uh, wrapping up this first really session on um, what it looks like you want to hire your spouse. Like what are those initial conversations? The previous two episodes, we actually talked through um, just some things to consider and then um, what like expanded that a little bit more in episode two. And then now we are to the point where you've actually decided to hire your spouse. Is that correct? That's right. So you have been through all of those considerations, all of the uh, alternative options of filling the need that you have and decided that, yes, your spouse is the best option, not the easy option. Yeah. Um, I don't know where we would be if we would have had us back then. I think we're talking (laughs) a lot of people out of this, which is unfortunate because I really enjoy working with you and, uh, you know, having this be a part of our life together. So do not take this the wrong way that we're trying to talk you out of working with your spouse, but that we just want you to go into it fully, fully informed, fully educated and learn from our mistakes. That's right. And kind of like, um, the premarital counseling where you're talking through lots of issues that won't come up until a lot later in life, better to know before you hire your spouse, um, some of these things and have the conversations ahead of time, just to set out what are those expectations and what will it look like? Not necessarily to decide that it's an awful option or it's the, it's not a good option. Um, hopefully that it will work out and it will be the best option. And so that's where we're going today, that your spouse or your close family member is the best option. And, um, now you're deciding that yes, you are going to hire them. All right. So we've gotten through background check. We've gone through (laughs) salary negotiations and you're on the payroll and showing up every day. So to start us off, what are what's that key point? Like, where do you start day one? What's something that you got to get right? Yeah, so day one, I would say definitely defining um, what that person is going to do. So definitely a clear division of labor. Who's doing what within the business? What what is their role? What are their responsibilities? And I think this is even more important if you have team members, right? Other people that are in the business with you um, that are going to need the resources of that person in addition to you, because if, if so-and-so has exited a role and you've brought in this new person who's related to you, clear division of labor, and then also communicating that to the team overall is going to be very, very important because that may be taken the wrong way. Correct. Yeah. So having that documented, the responsibilities, especially if they are um, moving from maybe the business owner or moving from one spouse and then being shared now to the next, the team needs to know who to go to and why that person is the best person to handle that for them. So maybe, um, maybe 
Marcus, you as the boss um, originally handled certain things. The team members were used to coming to you for that thing. They kind of need to know what makes me uniquely qualified now to come to me with that. Um, yeah. Whatever it might be in the business. Well, an example of that would be requests uh, for being out of the office, uh, even though it's a virtual office now, yeah. uh, when you're going to be logged off, when you've got something else going on. And so um, you are definitely better at that, better um, keeping track of people. And actually, if there's something more that needs to be asked about, hey, like, is everything okay? I think your personality, your skill set is a much better person. And I think in situations like that, it's a no brainer. Like the team just, oh yeah, like he was the wrong person from the very beginning. I don't know why he was ever doing that. Um, so th th those are the situations that you're like, yes, the team fully supports it. And I think if you back up to the first kind of the, the last couple of episodes, once you've made that decision, you've got to sell it to the whole team, right? Um, with, hey, we're bringing on so-and-so. I think you may be met with some hesitation on where is this really going as far as a business? Is this person really going to provide value? Is it going to get awkward really fast? Um, and I, I think hopefully we've navigated that pretty well um, by by saying Rachel is the best person, she handles this. And that, that really was a win from uh, for us because the team knows when to go to you um, versus when they go to me. Yeah, and I think that's really on the, the spouse that's coming in as a new team member. You are coming in as a team member. So you have to show up for the team so that they can learn to trust you. They're not going to come to you if you're constantly out or, you know, um, unable to help them. So having those roles and responsibilities, making sure, uh, that that new person is equipped to do what they've been assigned to do so that the team can fully trust and embrace them, um, as an additional member to the team. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of the leadership books that we're reading right now talk about, um, when you move from a, a single founder, like we have to a leadership team and, um, most founders, they have a cap on their leadership based on what their individual skill set is. So whenever you bring in individual leaders and can expand the team and expand the leadership opportunities and skill sets, then the one person, I think it, it applies to this situation as well. Like what does that spouse, what does that other person do well that I guess, aligns with the current vision and mission of the business, it, it really, it, it amplifies where we're going and everything points in the right direction. And so hopefully some of those questions that you've asked prior to hiring are now just more supported by a team and uh, definitely division, like writing a job description, would you go as far as that? Um, so people really know what all is included. 
just what we've learned um, more recently that it's so um, it's imperative that the roles and responsibilities are documented. You may think that you've talked through, you may think everybody knows what each other is doing, what each other is responsible for. They've been doing it for years. Of course they know. Or this is just adding one person. They're, they're only doing maybe say three main responsibilities. Everybody can remember that. Um, that's not fair to put that burden on other people to just remember based on what you've uh, communicated verbally. And so really having um, a roles and responsibilities documented um, and somewhere that it's transparent or visible for the whole team to see is just helpful. Yeah, no, that's great. So we've talked about clear division of labor um, and that also may help if we ever have to give away that that role to somebody other than a spouse one day, as we talked about. Um, so let's talk about, we've hired the spouse. They, they know what they, they know what success somewhat looks like in their role. The team is well-educated on what they are doing in the business. Now, how do you, how do you not live in the gray? How do you not bring work and personal life and just commingle it all to where it's all one big ball of mess. Yeah, definitely setting boundaries on um, what is work time, what is uh, family or personal time, like actual time limits maybe. Um, I think now having a culture where we work remotely, you don't have that division of where you, or the luxury of just saying, I'm at the office, we're working, or we're at the house, we're not. Um, so now I think being more intentional and setting maybe some limits, some parameters, some boundaries around when is it appropriate to have work discussions? And then when does that need to intentionally be cut off. There's no more discussion of work from say this time to this time, um, in the evening. So what, and the, I'm asking this for personal, like clarification, uh, where does that get documented? I don't know. <laughs> it needs to be documented. <laughs> it should get documented. I don't know. I think between the spouses, since you're likely just dealing with maybe two, um, maybe that is just a conversation that's had up front and then revisited. I mean, I think for us, we have to hold each other accountable to that because we're both going to have days where things are spilling over because they're on our minds. And I mean, that's flexible too, because you want to listen to your spouse personally. If we didn't work together at the same job, you would still come home and let me know, you know, celebrations or um, disappointments from that day. And so it's really, really having that conversation ahead of time of, okay, maybe setting a time limit on if somebody does bring it back up, how long do they get to talk about it before you redirect that conversation and, um, and really, and really redirect it in a way that you're like, okay, well, let's find a solution for that tomorrow and set an appointment on the calendar, like yeah. for the next work day, um, to really take care of and have a solution because really do we want a venting session that's unresolved? I think you brought up something really good with the calendar, uh, technology usually is your friend. And so, um, we use, 
uh, well, we use Teams uh, that's built into our system here at the office, but other offices may, businesses may use Slack or some other like communication that is solely for business. So I, I know a lot of times as an owner, I'll think of things when it's not appropriate to, to voice those to you and I'll drop them into Teams and I'll send you a message. I'm not expecting a response immediately, but that gets it off of my mind. And I think that's not only applicable to you, but it's applicable to the whole team. Um, you know, as, as one of the owners and you just can't turn it off sometimes, and it's better to get things out of your head, either write them down or, or send them while you're talking about it, as opposed to letting them, um, weigh on you. And so it may just be a simple, Hey, was this done? Uh, or what, what is my role in this? Where do you need support? And so sending that message and having the kind of having the agreement that, Hey, you don't have to respond to that now. Uh, I don't, I'm not expecting a response because we have, um, we we've done the other side where it was like, Hey, we're about to fall asleep. And I, Hey, did you do so-and-so like, did you, uh, <laughs> did you call this person or did you follow up on this or did you check? And so that's definitely not what you want to hear right before you fall asleep. Uh, because then you, you know, that's just not good. That's, that's not good for you. It's not probably great for our marriage. Um, so I think using technology in a way that you don't get in as many fights about communication is a great thing. And I think, um, having, the, uh, we spoke about it before, but having the candor to be able to say, if someone does ask you that because it is on their mind and they just ask you instead of, I mean, they're standing or sitting right beside you. So they ask, it's just saying, Hey, can you send me a message about that? So I don't forget, um, is always a great way to approach that. And then that way, both people have it off of their mind and can move on to something else. Yeah, no, that's good. The other part you, you pulled up and I, we didn't talk about this really to this point was we're still sharing, like, because so much of our life is the business, we're still sharing conversation and stories and asking for support or guidance of, of other people, whether they're in the business or not. So I know that whenever you worked outside of Dylan CPAs and outside of the home, we would talk about school and I have, I have no idea how to be an educator. I'm not <laughs> wired that way. Um, so I would give my opinion. It was never right. But, uh, and then, and then the same, same for, for, uh, for the things that were on my mind, you know, when we're kind of hashing out the day and you would, you would give your opinion or you'd be the cheerleader of the moment. And, and so, it was always right. My it opinion was always was right. Always yeah, yeah. right. Which is that's why how, I think you're... that's how I came in, came into the business. I worked yeah. my way in. Yeah. So, which is why you're here today and killing it. So if you just want a cheerleader and someone to hear that, it's probably not appropriate to, to bring that person fully on the bus. Um, especially because the boundaries, the boundaries in my mind are kind of like those bumpers that exist in bowling alleys. And so sometimes those bumpers are up and then I forget and then the bumpers fall down and then I'm just throwing gutter balls all day long <laughs> and you bring it back up. Hey, this is getting a little bit outside of scope. We need to put the boundaries back up. And so then I'll be good for another few days. And then something happens and the bumpers go back down and it's gutter balls again. So I, I think as, as the person who may be 
in the the position um you you have to be okay with that other person telling you not now and you have to be open like that that there's more important things than having that conversation at that moment obviously if it is emergency you're probably going to give me a lot of grace and be like okay let's figure this out let's drop whatever we're doing um but it's but it's it's not fair to you it's not fair to the family or anything else that we're focused on that we only talk about the business the rest of our lives i think yeah for sure and if um if your kids can uh if your kids can name a client's name or have a heavy sigh on a team member's name or something within the business. That means you are talking about work way too much at your house on personal time. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah you've been on plenty of conference calls with kids in the back seat. Yeah. It, um, For sure. Yeah. Lots of memories there. So, all right. So all we right. talked about the clear division, the boundaries. What's next? What could get awkward real fast? Yeah. So, um, showing favoritism to your new hire, to your spouse, um, or close family member, that is something that you definitely want to avoid. Um, and also, um, you know, personally coming from me, from Marcus, who said, yes, you, you already told us like your superpower is delegating. So not taking advantage of that person. Yeah. That's like an arrow straight through the heart right there. So I think <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh, unpack that later on in therapy. Um, so, but, you know, playing favoritism with, with the spouse is hard um, because you've obviously selected them for another chapter, another part of your life. So in the business, it's definitely um, one of those things to kind of keep above board and Really, you don't want to be sent to HR for any inappropriate behavior um, at the office. Um, working from home makes it a little bit easier, I guess. But um, but favoritism with with your spouse is definitely something to pay attention to. So, what are some tips there um, to maybe avoid that? Yeah, I would say just holding them accountable. So because we've already talked through that job description roles, responsibilities are so important to set ahead of time, day one or before, um, really holding holding each other maybe accountable to what those things are. Um, some things that I could see, you know, that might come into play here is more time off than maybe what other people have or um, different hours and ex expectations of those hours. And so it's not saying that your this position can't be flexible. It's just that that needs to be set out to everybody in the organization uh, prior to them starting or at their start, that this is a flexible working arrangement. They are, you know, they work these days and times, they're available for you, how to communicate with them, all of those types of things. Yeah, no, that's really good. So, and then kind of that last point that, you know, four tips and tricks, um, what, what's the last, you know, thing that we can really talk through that can be done consistently. Cause I know you like consistency and that's yeah. part of your love language. For sure. Um, I think one thing that will just, um, as far as best practices and making this a successful, uh, hire for your organization is definitely having one-on-ones, um, with that team member. So not necessarily that you, um, 
that this is different than what you do for anyone else. We recommend one-on-ones with every team member. So whether that's the owner or whether that's um, a member of the leadership team that's meeting regularly, that it's scheduled on a calendar, um, it is an appointment that is set that is not missed, is so important. That helps to alleviate some of those conversations that might happen at home on personal time when you've already designated that as a boundary where, you know, after a certain time each night, you're not talking about work anymore. If you have an intentional dedicated time to talk with um, your spouse directly about work status updates, what's going on, then the other conversations are less likely to happen just because you already have a time that you know you can bring up the things that you need to talk about. Yeah. I think uh, one way that we have figured this out is by walking. Um, we're, you know, we're fortunate enough to work from home a majority of the time because our, our team is remote and our client base allows for that. So that's a, a luxury that we have and that we take advantage of. So I think we've gotten in, in a habit of trying to take a walk. Sometimes dogs go with us. Sometimes they don't, depending on how long we're going to go. But um I think that gives us a good opportunity, a good break to stand up from the computer, um, from what else could be a distraction and actually have one-on-one time, get some exercise. Cause that's also really important to us. And, uh, here lately, you know, enjoy the sunshine and kind of get refueled that way as well. So. Yeah, for sure. And I think on that, it's just being um, mindful of the timing that you want to do that. So the walks that you're talking about when we are, you know, standing up, talking, moving uh, and talking about work, those are typically a short break, like during the actual work day. So where, you know, some some jobs or some positions are have, you know, required breaks that they have to take. on their shift. It's kind of like that where there's a 15, 20 minute um, time block where we get up and we can, well, we can talk through that. Um, What I think on the one-on-one is having a every week at potentially the same time um, already on the calendar so that it's not missed. It doesn't get bumped. This is not an appointment that's, um, it's not optional. It's a requirement. And so uh, that just puts you in a natural rhythm of, a designated time, um, for these conversations and then as well for feedback. So we touched on it before that having, um, (laughs) having a review, like a formal review (laughs) of your spouse. So they know how they're doing, um, in their job and to help hold them accountable, to help push them to achieve more or to just be successful in that position, I think, um, is also something that's needed. So you're saying that if we have a formal review, I can push you to achieve more? I mean, you might just push me right on out. Uh, (laughs) Maybe if I push you to achieve more, there's that independently wealthy thing waiting for us at the end. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. All right. Well, those are great tips. Um, So we talked about clear division of labor, boundaries on work and personal favoritism, kind of avoiding that, and then weekly pulse, just like you would for any team member. And and that could, I mean, so much of that applies to regardless if they're related to you or married to you. I mean, it's just good, good policies across the team, I think. 
What would you say? So what does that look like practically? I think we need to share. I think that's important because I think perhaps maybe there are some listeners out there thinking there is no way I have time to meet with every team member one-on-one every single week. What, what would we talk about? What does that look like? How do I fit that in the day? Um, these people are crazy. So let's talk a little bit about practically how we do that. So I, I, I think you're short-sighted if you say that, and I'm speaking from experience because what is more important than your team? And, and even here, we believe that the team member, like we're going to side with the team member, uh, really go through whatever issue it is. Could it be client, you know, something come up more times than not, we're, we're going to side with the team member if they've done what's right and honorable and followed the path, the process that we have laid out. So that being said, you have to have a pulse of what's going on in your team. Um, you can't let some negativity or anything bubble up, whether it's, you know, overwork burnout, or if it's just loss of excitement in what they do, like those are great conversations to, to have and to know and address versus sticking your hand in the head in the sand and, and not being aware of those situations and something bigger happen more abruptly. So what's that look like for us? I mean, each one of our leaders on our lead team have uh, a group of, you know, direct reports where they're checking in um, one-to-one 15 minutes a week, you know, and it's just a 15 minute conversation. So yeah, if someone has four to six meetings that they're in because they're talking to their group and then they're talking up to maybe their leader, um, that's an hour and 15 minutes of their week, which is no... I mean, it's not small and it, and hopefully it's at least 15 minutes. Hopefully they have relationship and bond and can cultivate something bigger than just work. That's what we hope for. Um, but honestly, like I wouldn't trade that hour, hour 15 for client work at any, any point of the day, because it's so much more important to build that relationship and have a solid foundation here and have happy people serving clients better than having someone that's just worried about the next task on their list. So that was from a leader perspective. So, you know, at a team member perspective, maybe it's only 15 minutes, 30 minutes that they're having in addition to their regular work week. And when you put that in perspective of a 40 hour week, 36 to 40 hour week, it's not a lot at all. Um, I know we have a, a whole team of high achievers that would rather probably take the 15 minutes and spend on a client, but for the health of their role and the health of the organization and the team, no way. Like that's important. Yeah. And so just putting numbers to that, our organization, we have um, 17 members, including um, you and me. And so that really looks like uh, five different people with having, you know, a 15 minute conversation with anywhere from two to five people per week. Um, and just if you're wanting a transition into that, so if you're not having anything, any one-on-ones, um, any intentional conversations that are set weekly within your organization, we actually started, um, with 
an idea that we got from Entree Leadership, and it is a weekly survey. The thing with the weekly survey is it's not necessarily a conversation. Um, it's a survey where team members are letting us know their um, workload, their stress level, their overall morale, their high from the week, their low from the week, um, and there that takes them about probably six minutes or less to fill out. That's both personal and work. It doesn't matter their highs and lows or their stress, where it's coming from. Um, usually they let us know where that stress is coming from in their low from the week. And then I respond back to that. What I found is that now that our team is at 17, me responding back to that only once a week, which we still have in place, I still know what's happening with our team and have a pretty good idea of how everybody's doing. Um, but what we found was that it's not necessarily a conversation where you're getting back and forth in real time. So while I'm still giving feedback to every single person, it is also nice that they have somebody else on the team who can listen and maybe help them work through a problem that understands um, like the technical aspect of their job, where if there is a solution that's needed for something that they're doing at work, um, it can be given right away. Yeah. And some people may be, you know, our industry as a whole is very, um, you know, it hasn't come full circle as far as like embracing new things. And so a lot of people that are stuck in old ways of doing may say these people are, you know, why are they spending time doing that? It's kind of big brother. Maybe I don't really care what's going on in their life. They need to live that at home and not bring that stuff to the office. But I don't know, like I, we we've tried to create something different where we care about the person. And um, I think that's that's evident in some of these controls that we've put in place and implemented. And you may you kind of you know where burnout's happening. And a lot of times it's the stress that the person is having isn't related to work necessarily. It's related to kid activities and life and maybe something that's going on in their spouse's life, you know, so it allows us to be caretakers of our team, um, and, and just continue to create a great place to work. And so I, I love that we do that. Um, I think we can easily apply that to the working spouse situation and give room for that and dedicated time per week. So, um, anything else, that you want to leave people with like as far as just now you've hired them where do you go i don't know we gave some best practices maybe now we give um what are some things to avoid yeah um a lot uh so i think <laughs> you know we'll go a little bit longer on on this one since it is kind of the the wrap up of the series but um one thing to avoid is putting the business first and so as, as hard as it is to start a business and to get off the ground and up and running and, you know, everything that's moving and shaking within there, it's even harder to probably have a really good, solid, healthy relationship, whether that's a marriage or a family relationship. And it's a lot more difficult to probably exit the family relationship than it is the business. Um, <laughs> But it costs, it costs a lot. <laughs> yeah, I like half of my stuff. Um, so, um, 
yeah, I, I think putting the business first and maybe there's even appropriate times that the business is priority, but the business is never first overall. Yeah. And I, um, our mission statement here at Dillon CPAs is developing confidence to think and live beyond the numbers that applies both, you know, to our business and to our family. It is not just about, um, revenue. It is not just about sales. It is not just about the business. It is about what that business allows you to do for your family, with your family, in your community, um, in the world to help others. And so really looking at what is really priority in your life and how does the business help you to achieve, um, to achieve those things really that are ultimately important. Yeah. I think another, another one that, um, something to avoid is too much time together. And, uh, I don't know that we're healthy in this, uh, cause we spend a lot of time together. You're my favorite person. Um, uh, spoiler alert there, but, uh, we spend a lot of time together and there, there, there is, it is appropriate in life to have other groups of friends, other relationships beyond a marriage or beyond, uh, an office type setting. And so that's, that's something that you would likely have to avoid. So do you want to speak any to anything there? Yeah. So just looking at, do you have friends that you have outside of work and outside of, um, I guess maybe other couples that you do things with? I don't know. Um, do you have hobbies that are different that you can enjoy with other groups of people besides just with your spouse? And so, um, yeah, I think, I think looking at that, we do enjoy a lot of the same things, maybe because we've grown up together and having been Marcus and Rachel since we were 16 years old. Um, that makes things just a little bit different for us, but yeah, definitely making sure that one person's hobbies don't get neglected because you're trying to do everything together all the time. Yeah. And, and a great example of that is, uh, you've got a, a ladies Bible study that you go to that I, I'd probably be welcome at, honestly, like they would love <laughs> me, but, um, I choose to let you do that solo. Um, and, and then I've got some, you know, hobbies that I like that you particularly don't care for, uh, that revolve around sports or cars and things like that. And so, um, I think, I think it's finding that balance between, and, and that's just, that's relationship balance. That's not even, you know, a working spouse balance. I think that's just overall relationship. Yeah, for sure. All and right. Then, and then what you got last. And then the last thing to avoid is really taking work conflicts home. So, um, not allowing things that are problems at work to continue to go home and become problems in your marriage or in your family. And definitely you don't want to bring other people of the family into that conflict um, that needs to be resolved at work. Yeah, you bring up a great point there. Um, if you have conflicts at work, it, do you want to ask like your mother-in-law, like, hey, what would you do in this situation? Or uh, how do you, do you put up a barrier? Like, do you almost keep certain things behind the fence within that? Because 
it, it is a it is a struggle sometimes. A lot of people, uh, at, at least whenever you came to work uh, within the business, it's kind of like you're putting your eggs in that basket. And maybe even parents that supported you financially in college to go get a degree um, where you're not using it anymore. So um, there are certain things that you probably have to keep close to the chest and not even bring home because they may spill over into even another relationship that you don't want them to. And we are big advocates of um, counseling or therapy. And so that may be something that's uh, necessary if, if you don't have, or if you do, even if you do have great communication, um, but if just to help uh, make it even better. So relationships or um, communication, an outside party uh, may be better to help work through that, those conflicts rather than involving a, another family member. Yeah. It, it, the awkwardness just keeps on continuing. You know, I think that's the, <laughs> that's the scary thing. So, well, that's really good stuff. So things to avoid there, we listed three um, and just closing out, you know, we've kind of left people with um, now that they've hired their spouse, some really good tips and tricks. And uh, yeah, so that was, the first really series and um, hopefully we left people better off than we found them. Hopefully we didn't scare, scare anybody into not hiring their spouse where it was appropriate. That would be bad. Yeah, that's right. So hopefully um, we have encouraged and set a framework for people to be able to now bring their spouse on board uh, and have that to be a successful um and one of your favorite words, pleasurable experience <laughs> um, for them and not scared anyone away. But in the event that somebody has decided maybe this isn't the best option, hopefully we've saved some heartache. Yeah, that's really good. So, all right. Well, um, I'm sure there's a lot of more, uh, there's a lot more good conversations to have and look forward to the next podcast. All right.